putting his own lyrics to the rock group Queen's hit song, Another One Bites the Dust. And we are loaded today. Some good college football discussions for sure, along with uh, the Lions. And you know what? We're going to get right into it. Welcome, everybody, to Full Glass Sports with the Merlos. Dennis and Bradley, thank you for listening. Offensively, nearly the perfect game played by the Lions here against the Jacksonville Jaguars. And you know, I'm beginning to think that the offensive coordinator, Ben Johnson, is probably the MVP of this team. I sure hope, Bradley, that we don't lose this guy well, <laughs> to becoming a head coach next year. I, I think that there's a lot of positive performances. Um, you know, it, it's kind of funny. That song that we always play to begin with, Jimmy Spider-Man Allen, Another One Bites the Dust. That song came out in September of 1980 when the Lions started uh, 4-0. Fun fact, the Lions have never lost Super Bowl. So, uh, you know, it, it, I, I think people are starting well, to... Well, to wait a second. You said the Lions have never lost the Super yes. Bowl? Yes, they've never yeah, lost the Super correct. Bowl. Correct. Yes. They've never played in a Super and, Bowl. And, uh, you know, I, I think this town is uh, is kind of riding along with that song, knowing that, you know, this is the team to come on down and watch now. Uh, they're, they're quickly becoming uh, America's team in the NFL Ben Johnson is the number one reason, I, I, I think, to point to right now. And, of course, Dan Campbell deserves the credit for, for finding the young man. Yes. He has really made Jared Goff comfortable. You can tell the guys are playing for Goff. They're, they're really happy for him. They're happy for Ben Johnson. You know, I was thinking about it today. Brad Holmes, he's got to have the biggest balls in the city right now. Here he was a few months ago. And Dan Campbell, of course, too, thinking, oh, God, this does not look good for us, uh, you know. Or I'm sorry, I really should say just a short kind of month and a half ago. And all of a sudden, he's walking around thinking, man, I've aced every single pick. I got all of these second-round, third, fourth-round picks. Here he is a Kirby Joseph and Rodrigo and all these young guys. James Houston's now making sacks. It was a sixth-round pick. He's thinking that he's he's got this all figured out. Everything's all good right now, you know. And, again, I, I think we need to – Maybe slap it down a little bit. It's you're, you're not always as good as you think you are, and you're never as bad as you think you are. I'm glad you mentioned Campbell giving a credit, uh, giving credit to him for the hire of Ben Johnson because mm -hmm. you know he's gotten ripped a few times this year for different things. Give him credit. Who in the heck knew who Ben Johnson was? Thirty-six years old, and uh, you know he's from North Carolina. He's he started off at Boston College as graduate assistant and. You know, he spent time with the Dolphins, really, his whole career as kind of a receiver and quality uh, offensive assistant coach, and, and now he's gotten a chance with the Lions. I hope they don't lose him, but if by chance they do, whoever Dan Campbell brings in as the offensive coordinator, look at He's got to take all the plays we've been running and tell the new offensive co coordinator, this is what we're running. It doesn't ensure the same success mm -hmm. because play calling is more of a uh, uh, an art than that. But boy, you got to give Ben Johnson all the credit too, because I think he's getting the most out of Goff right now. What a low key guy he is! You know, there was about a minute to go in the game, mm -hmm. and Goff came up to uh, uh, Ben Johnson from behind, and he was really, really excited, mm -hmm. and he was wrapping him on the shoulders and stuff like that. And Ben Johnson barely flinched. 
Well, <laughs> and he gently just kind of touched golf. He's a low key. See, guy. I'm glad you mentioned that because that's kind of becoming the new NFL coach today. You know, you look at the young guy who we always joke about that looks like a total nerd coaching the Dolphins. It's these guys that are, you know, they don't seem to get too big in the moment. They they really just kind of like to relax in the situation, which, you know, is is how you kind of want to live your life today and, and, and operate in a, in a high-pressure situation. But more importantly, uh, what Ben Johnson shows is that level of consistency that's needed every single week. And that's where you see that kind of even-keel nature because he's just trying to find that consistency every single snap, every single play with his team. The Lions are very balanced right now. Yards mm -hmm. per game, they're seventh in the league. Points per game, they're sixth. Pass yards, eighth. Rushing yards, tenth. And a long time since the Lions have been this good of a rushing football team. Mm -hmm. Again, you've got to give the uh, the offensive line credit. And uh, the protection was really good against Jacksonville. Mm -hmm. and, and, and again, just about any quarter uh, back in this league, you give them that kind of time, and, and they're going to be really, really good throwing the football. Mm-hmm. Uh, a couple of guys to mention, James Houston. Mm -hmm. what, what, what round was he drafted in? Six-round pick. He actually played at Jackson State his last year. He was one of these guys that transferred from Florida a few years into his college process. So, you know, that's what we always say. you got to find guys in any round that can bring value. Three sacks in his first two games with mm -hmm. the Lions. Sharp, the receiver. Yep. Came to life, five catches for 98 yards. Mm -hmm. A lot of guys are contributing. And how about the Detroit Lions are a, or at least they opened up this week as a yeah. favorite over the 10-2 and two Minnesota Vikings. It, it's scary because it feels like there's too many things going right and well for this team. Like you always say to yourself, okay, well now something bad's got to happen. Because it's like everything's starting to look too promising now for this team going forward. But again, I like I just said, you're never as good. Your yeah. <laughs> yeah, you're never as good as you think. Hold your horses. You know, I, until they get to 500, they're two games below. If, exactly. You know, I'm, I'm not going to talk too much about playoffs. Mm -hmm. uh, here they are, five and seven. By the way, that tie. 2020, the Giants and Washington. That really hurts. Probably them. didn't help the oh, Lions. Oh, that really, really hurts. Because them. they have victories over both of those teams. Mm -hmm. But I think, because a lot of people are saying, hey, four out of five wins here the rest of the way. They go nine and eight, and maybe that's good enough. Mm -hmm. I don't think so. The Giants, Washington, and Seattle all have seven wins right now. Yes. I think probably the Lions need to get to ten and seven. Mm -hmm. And I, I just don't see the Lions running the table the rest of the way. Well, and, and you're still dealing with one of the youngest teams in football. Yeah. So there will be growing pains and inconsistencies and... You know, it's, it's, it, again, it kind of speaks to why the, they've had the season they've had. Certainly a very, very interesting game, though, coming up against the Vikings. Yeah. Well, we got a lot of things to talk about in college football besides Michigan. We're going to be getting into Deion Sanders and Auburn football playoffs, transfer portal. Mm -hmm. But, of course, we have to start with the Michigan Wolverines who mm -hmm. capture their second straight Big Ten championship. They're on to the playoffs. Uh, they, uh, I, I'll tell you what, uh, it's a special time for the Wolverines football right now, and mm -hmm. they, they should be given a whole lot of credit. No, I, you know, Harbaugh has done one of the most effective jobs as a coach. In some ways, you know, I, I saw Sonny Dykes was up. I think some polls showed him that, you know, right now he's in the running for coach of the, of the year. And I understand that because what is he? He's first year coach, correct? First year. And, and I understand you. You know, and, and there's no doubt. You know, he's been just as impressive. But 
you know, I really believe nobody's done a better job than what Harbaugh's done in this past year and a half, kind of refining himself, settling back into Michigan. You know, he, he went out and got some of these transfers, like the Virginia guy that he so badly needed at center. And, you know, it, it's, it's you know, he's, he's had some of these guys come back when he needed to. He's, he's said the right things to get them to stay. And there's no doubt the most impressive things he's, he's done is the guys he's put them around, you know, with Mike Hart, Sherman Moore, uh, the offensive line, you know, offensive coordinator coach. And then, of course, uh, Jesse Minter, the job he's done on the defensive side. I mean, I, I think that as a team, they take the field. I, I don't think there's anybody that they don't believe they're better than right now. Or they've now proven it because they have four wins, you know, against teams double-digit points. The biggest difference in these last two games with with uh, without Blake Corum that I've mm-hmm. noticed offensively, uh, with Don Edwards in there, clearly he's got greater break- breakaway speed. Mm-hmm. I, I like him a, a little bit to Barry Sanders, mm-hmm. you know, one play, plus three yeah. yards, plus one yard, minus one yard, and then he goes for 30 or something like that. That's what Barry used to do. But with Quorum, more consistent yardage, more first downs, and more yeah. possession time. And and that's been the interesting uh, statistic to me these last two games. Purdue had seven more minutes of possession time. Mm-hmm. Ohio State had more mm-hmm. uh, possession time than Michigan. Is that a ultimately winning formula to win the national championship Especially if they go up against Georgia or even Ohio State a second time. Well, I really, I really do think at this stage, there's nobody. I mean, we know Michigan's, you know, first, second best team in the country right now. They're right behind Georgia. They're, they're there with them. When you have an offensive line that that is playing as well as Michigan, it's, it's no different than the Lions and why they have a great shot to beat Minnesota. When those five guys, and, and you know, I laugh because. I think a lot of people this week probably saw that photo surface online on uh, Twitter. And here I'll show you. It, there was that photo in the game in the Big Ten Championship when Michigan lined up. You saw that there were 10 guys. 10 guys. Excuse me, nine guys. Nine guys, yeah. On the line of scrimmage as offensive linemen. They brought in all their, you know, big guys. And, you know, it's so simple. They're just telling their opponent, you're just not, you can't stop us. I mean, think about it. They're literally lining up at you and saying, you know what's coming at you, but we're just stronger, we're bigger, we're more physical, and there's nothing you can do about it. And, and, you know, when they run packages like that, it's not going to surprise me if they're pushing Georgia back a little bit on the line. And I know Georgia's got Jalen Carter and some of these guys, but again, I I think they think with with their ability to block and that size up front that they have a recipe to win a championship. Of course, McCarthy's going to have to outplay Stenson Bennett. Though. I mean, that's certainly the ultimate test, Georgia, if, if it comes to that. Mm-hmm. But, I, you, you know... Uh, Georgia's got it, the speed outside. They have more playmakers. We know they got two tight ends. They're going to end up being high picks. You know, we, well, we know that they probably have some more talent and speed overall on defense. But, you know, again... You know, Harbaugh has found a blueprint in that offensive line. Like, you can dominate college yeah, but, football. But what I'm saying, though, is that in the last two games, they don't have the possession time in their favor because mm-hmm. that big offensive line is supposed to wear down people. But you're not going to wear down people if the other team's got up seven minutes more a game than you are. And, well, and, and, and you're very right about that. You, you, you're going to have to find a way to control... Like you just said, you're going to have to find a way to have more time of possession if you do play a team like Georgia because that's just it. Georgia knows that if they get into some kind of track race, they are going to likely probably be able to outscore Michigan a little bit more. Really, that's what TCU's hoping for, too, when they see them in a month. Because let's be honest, TCU doesn't have a defense that can line up with Michigan. 
Chase, the you, three five five. Look, they look, they don't have a defense that can stop Michigan's ground. Yeah, we're going to talk a little bit about the playoffs, but TCU's a tough, tough, tough team. Mm-hmm. And I, a, a comment about JJ McCarthy. And again, he didn't have a great, great game. He only threw it uh, 17 times. He completed 11. He did make his first mistake when he threw the interception, which was kind of a yeah a, a, on his it, part, it, which was kind of a dumb play, trying to make a play. He it, ran and around. Yet it was only his third pick yep. of the year, and a lot of people thought he was going to be throwing picks like crazy. But that's yeah, you'd rather have him get it out now than later. Two throws he made. The first drive of the game, uh, the, actually the final play of the drive, when he threw the touchdown pass to the freshman tight end Loveland. Mm-hmm. Loveland. And it was right at the goal line. Boy, if that wasn't a pro pass and a pro catch all the way, yeah. Loveland went up and got it when he was well covered. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I don't think McCarthy makes that pass mm-hmm. in the early part of the year. I don't even think he makes the attempt in the early part of the year. And then later on in the game, mm-hmm. this guy's got pro quarterback velocity and then some. You're going to mention the Ronnie Bell slam. The Ronnie yeah, Bell. I, I, I left him impressed by that, too. That's a the, rocket. The rocket. Because... You know when you know that's the kind of zip that again that that can get you a starting job in the NFL one day if you're JJ McCarthy. He's got rocket strength, mm-hmm. no question about it. And I said, boy, if that's not a pro throw all the way, mm-hmm. that was a beauty. It does make you wonder again how Cade McNamara, you know, went as long as he did starting over him, including even going into the season in Game One, because it's like, wow, you know, Cade doesn't have this ability to this talent to throw the ball like that. Uh, Donovan Edwards, how about this? Uh, you know, Quorum is uh, well over 1,000 yards. And, you know, Donovan Edwards is only like 120 yards shy of 1,000. Mm-hmm. Wouldn't that be something if you got two guys over 1,000? That's pretty rare. Mm-hmm. And, and the last thing I want to bring up, you might have more, but the, the Harbaugh rumors surfacing again about, you know, is he going to take a pro job? Pro teams might be uh, uh, analyzing right now whether he's a good fit. Mm-hmm. And, of course, after last year's mess with his failed flirtation, mm-hmm. and he told Ward Manuel at the end, never again, I'm going to stay at Michigan, mm-hmm. uh, he did mis- uh, uh, issue a statement a uh, uh, couple of nights back, quote, I will be back enthusiastically coaching the Wolverines in 2023. Mm-hmm. Okay, I would even because I'll tell you for all the success Michigan's having in the last two years, mm-hmm. the recruiting class right now is not that great. If I were Harbaugh, I would have even come out firmer mm-hmm. because I still think that you're going to get negative uh, uh, re- recruiting from yeah. uh, from the other teams and coaches. Well, again, I, I I you know I think Jim is one of these guys who never fully 100% commits. We know he likes to he likes to flirt. He likes to always have stuff you know as second and third options. You know, I agree with you. This is the time for them to capitalize more than ever in recruiting. I've also been very vocal that I do think you need to stay true to what has been working for you. So I think you do need to find the right balance there. But you're right. You you know, if you're Harbaugh, you should be doubling down more than ever and showing your, your full commitment. Um, one thing, you know, I was going to say, too, one last point to Michigan's national championship chances and, and just mm-hmm, looking at mm-hmm. their whole season as a whole. Don't you feel like... You know, you look at the playoff and the rankings. You know, here's Georgia that finished number one. And, and I think many and you agree that Georgia deserves to be ranked ahead of Michigan, right, with their wins over oh, LSU. absolutely. So why is it that Georgia gets penalized then with a harder game against Ohio State and Michigan gets the easier one in the two seed? I mean, the only reason I say this, look at the Vegas spreads right now. You got Michigan, who's a nine and a half point spread. Georgia's only a six and a half point spread. That tells you right there they think Ohio State's really talented. 
Well, I mean, we, in a way, Georgia is kind of the team that's getting hurt the most here of these four teams. Yeah, I mean, we can get to the playoffs a little bit right now. Of course, we've got a lot, a lot of time mm-hmm. to talk to them. Look at when when the uh, uh, the four uh, teams came out, and the, uh, the committee chairman, he was the athletic director of North Carolina State, was asked mm-hmm. by Reese Davis any talk at all about a Michigan Ohio State rematch. And I get that, yeah. They and didn't and want he to do said that. no, it was ne- it never came up, which I think is a mm-hmm. blatant lie. Mm-hmm. I'm sure it came up. That might have been part of it, mm-hmm. uh, but it, you know, the order of finish there, yeah, in, in the playoffs, it goes by resume. Again, it's not based off you know who we think the. Again, it's it's your your you rate the four teams off the resume, not you know because you know there is truth to the fact that you know if, if you're Georgia, you would almost rather be saying, wait a minute. Should we have lost to LSU then? Would we be better off playing TCU? Oh no, no question. You'd <laughs> yeah. rather go up against a TCU than Ohio yeah. State. No, no, no question about and it. And not to disrespect TCU, because again, they could end up winning this whole thing too. Who knows? I don't think yeah, so. Yeah, I mean Georgia has got a, a, a tough yeah. path to, to 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 do it again. No question yeah. about it. And we'll talk more about. It. And you know what I think? <laughs> In the last two weeks, if there was ever. A, a year that set up perfectly for the old BCS. Yeah, it would have been this, this was year. it. Georgia, I, I Michigan. There. In the last two weeks of the season, USC gets trounced in their conference title game. Mm-hmm. Uh, Ohio State beaten down by 22 at home by Michigan. Mm-hmm. Uh, and they thought all was lost. Mm-hmm. Clemson, as it turns out, you know, they were upset in their final game by, by South Carolina. Mm-hmm. Had they won that game, they very well might have gotten in over Ohio State. You got Tennessee, yeah. you know, losing to South Carolina uh, a second time. TCU loses. Mm-hmm. Everybody lost except Georgia and Michigan at the mm-hmm. very, very end. And, mm-hmm. and and if ever there was a BCS type of mm-hmm. of championship set up, it, it, worked it, better it probably this was this year. Well, and and that is where it is kind of funny looking at at Georgia because it is like, wait a minute. Were we better off like losing the SEC champion? Yeah. You know, you, you do have to almost ask yourself. But again, you play the games. It is what it is at this stage. All four teams in it are talented. You know, we don't actually know who is the best of these four. Maybe we're going to find out. I mean, again, I, I, I think we think Georgia is one. Mm-hmm. I know many people, you know, think maybe TCU is the team that doesn't deserve to be in. They have a chance to prove themselves No, I think, they, I think they deserve to be in. Well, well, I'm saying, you know, in terms of the, the resume, yes, they're absolutely deserving, but they, yeah. they still think, oh, you know, maybe there's a team in Alabama that's better than them. Or, you know, again, unfortunately, it's just the gray area that college football will never be perfect. And I actually think one last thing, too. I think the committee wanted to make sure that there was two good games rather than have a blowout like they had in previous years, like Cincinnati against Alabama and some of these games. Because think about it. If they paired uh, Michigan and Ohio State and Georgia and TCU, they probably would have thought, eh, maybe we don't get a good game in that Georgia-TCU game, then that's a blowout. You never know. You so never I wonder know. if that was part of their thinking, you, too. You, you never know. Um, okay, we got some other good topics coming up, but I do want to... I give a quick uh, shout out to Gino's Restaurant and Pizzeria. Good old Gino's. Yes, they're open again. Back in business, thriving as always. Owner uh, Gino and his son Rocco. Again, really good food, reasonably priced. He does the catering thing as well. He's got a banquet hall. They are located at 1999 Cast Lake Road, about a quarter of a mile off of Orchard Lake Road in Kego Harbor. Mm-hmm. They're waiting for you to come in, and you will be glad you did for sure. Mm-hmm. And once again, here in a couple of nights, 
I'll be there visiting with some friends, talking about all this good stuff. Mm -hmm. Okay. Hey, I'll, let's uh, let's go to one Dion Sanders. Mm -hmm. This is pretty darn interesting. Go ahead, Bradley. There's uh, a little bit to talk about here. Uh, you know, for those that don't know, Dion was at Jackson State. Uh, Dion Sanders made it very clear when he first started at Jackson State that, you know, he was going to be leaving at any time that, you know, so it's not like people should be mad at him that he wasn't loyal or anything there. He, he did a lot to bring them back. He gets the opportunity now to go out to the Pac-12. I think he's going at a good time considering USC and UCLA might be leaving. However, when he stepped out of his jet with his Louis Vuitton bag, he walked right into the Colorado's team meeting room with that entire team there. And again, here's Colorado that, you know, is meeting their coach for the first time. Those players that, you know, committed to that school, committed to the previous coach, thinking, hey, I'm going to be here. I'm going to be a buff a part of something special. Not a warm and, and fuzzy greeting here. Dion's first impression was basically, get the F off off my team, unless you think you're good enough. Uh, he basically said, I'm Dion Sanders. Things are going to change. He, he literally said that word for word. Things are going to change right now. And if you don't like it, get out. He, and he then followed it up by saying, my own son, Shiloh, here's your quarterback. Who, by the way, is not even a Colorado Buffalo or even in Division I college football yet. So, you know, Dion is basically selling it like it is that, hey, this is the name of the game now in college football. It ain't about loyalty. It ain't about respect really anymore. It's, yep. it's about, you know, we're here to win and make money and try to compete for a national championship and recruit like it. Dion, cocky as always. Here's, here's what uh, his exact quote was to the uh, team. I'm coming. Mm -hmm. When I get here, it's going to be changed. So I want you all to get ready to go ahead and jump in the portal yep. and do whatever you're going to get because more of you jump in, the more room you make. Mm -hmm. Unquote. And uh, that's just kind of a, you know, a slap in the face rather than saying, hey, man, I'm glad to be here, and I'm really looking forward to you guys, working with you guys. And then the Colorado athletic director, Rick George, on top of it, was asked uh, how Colorado is going to come up with the money to hire Sanders. <laughs> and he said, we don't have the money yet, but I know we'll have it, so I'm not worried. Interesting situation there, too, as well. I understand he's already picked up a couple of high-profile recruits for 2025. The, the only thing that bothers me, you know, and again... These players accept that this is the way this is today, too, because, believe me, a lot of that room doesn't mind hearing that real talk because they're, they're already having their minds up, too, saying, yeah, it doesn't matter. I'm, my coach, just previous coach, left me. I'm going to be hitting the portal, too. But you do got to believe there's a handful of kids in that room who did commit to Colorado because maybe, one, they were from that state. They wanted to be Buffaloes for a reason. They wanted to be a part of something special. And now they got a new leader coming in basically telling them, I don't care about your development anymore. I don't care about you. I'm here to bring in the best players because my job is to make the university money now, to win a national championship and compete for one. And if I hurt your feelings or if I play a better guy over you, then so be it. And there's nothing wrong with that. You know, that's the nature of the business. But it's like, you know, at some point, the, the, the collegiate football, I think once upon a time when it first started, the goal of a coach was to, you know, really mentor and mold and develop and lead young men. And it just doesn't feel like that's remotely the case. Today. You know what I think about Deion Sanders here as this Colorado thing rolls out? Um, look at, uh, he, he's as cocky as it gets. We know that. We mm -hmm. know that. And, you know, having success at Jackson State, small-time college is one thing. Mm -hmm. He's stepping up into uh, a, a, a much bigger situation now. 
I'm just going to play a gut feeling, and I'm going to say, because he's telling these guys, hey, man, move on. I'm going to bring new guys in. I'm going to lay a bet Deion Sanders isn't even at Colorado in four years. Well, and I, he, he well, said it best. Well, it's, all about, it's all about everybody is all about themselves today. Everybody's the about themselves. By the way, do you know that Dion had his own private YouTube channel recording him? Like oh, a, sure. So he's actually marketing his own brand, too, because he knows. See, oh. again, Dion's really about himself and his family here. All the way. And that's why, like, I, I have a hard time really accepting where college football is right now because it, it's... It has really nothing to do about trying to really develop these young men anymore. It's just a professional sport league with just really, let's just call it what it is. They might be 17 and 18 year olds that are they're really that are just professionals now, and they, I guess they got to accept that. But it's it's not great for them considering well, that yeah. you know they're, they they go right from high school into this. They all are in it for themselves. And with Dion, I'm telling you what, one of two things will happen here. If he does have success mm -hmm. in a couple of... Because I don't think Deion Sanders sees Colorado as his final spot. No, he won't be there forever. In, we know In a couple that. of years from now, if he has success, somebody else is going to approach him. Yeah. Maybe Florida State, where mm -hmm. he played football. Or you know what? Maybe it's going to prove not to be a good uh, a good fit. Mm -hmm. It's an odd fit for sure. Mm -hmm. And you know what? You know, with all this banter and bravado that he's coming in with, mm -hmm. that, I'll tell you what, he sets himself up where that's going to wear out real quick if he doesn't have success. Well, and number one, it's about money, too. If he, if he gets an opportunity to go yeah. make 50 more million somewhere else, too, that's going to, you know, decide everything as well for him and his family. But, I mean, you were talking, and, and this kind of leads into, you know, we'll get in a little bit of a conversation here about NIL and, and Portal as kind of our last thing. Um no question, the landscape is changing tremendously, mm -hmm. and there's a lot of things that um, you know you don't care about it. I, that care for, I don't care for. I'll let you uh, 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 take the uh, the first crack at some of the comments you want to make, and then I'll pick up from there. You know, I, I say it to this to people: you're going to see a lot of changes the next four or five years. It's <laughs> it's going to feel dirty a lot of aspects. It is going to be good in that you're going to see a lot of teams start to compete, especially when they go to the 12-team playoff that really have never had a shot to win a national championship for many parts of their career. And, you know, it's not going to surprise me what kind of teams you might start to see get good in the next few years. Uh, I looked at Washington. Their, their quarterback announced he's returning, Michael Penix, which was a big surprise. Oh. Uh, yeah, that's remember they have to play Michigan State again, so they're not you know enthusiastic to see that. But you know Washington is a team that you know all of a sudden could be competing for a national championship in another year or two. But you know it's it's good for the sport that you're going to see a lot of new teams get good. Maybe teams that have been really good have some down years. But I, I just don't know if I like that the transfer portal has now ruined high school recruiting completely. And money, you know, like always, has just taken over the sport for the for the wrong. Now you talk about four or five years or not. Look at it, we can't have any more changes going on in four or five years still than, we, than we've got right now. Mm -hmm. I want to mention who Auburn just hired as their new uh, head coach. His name is Hugh Freeze, mm -hmm. and he's a good football coach. Mm -hmm. Yeah, he got fired in 2014 from Mississippi for violations that included paying players. <laughs> It included, uh, yep. you know, some escort service stuff going on there with the recruits. Oh, that's dirty. And while he was being investigated before he got fired, uh, with recruits that were coming uh, uh, or being recruited by Freeze, he was denying the allegations to his recruits that mm -hmm. he was really being uh, investigated. Mm -hmm. So, you know, he wasn't being truthful with them. So he gets booted out. He's been <laughs> coaching at Liberty and doing a good job. He's a good coach. Mm -hmm. But here... Freeze gets fired for stuff yeah. that is now all legal. 
you know, as of like about yeah. three years ago, this stuff is all legal. And, and no that's big just, deal. That's just it. No, everybody knows this has been going on. But now that we've basically legalized it with the transfer portal, with the way that we've allowed NIL to go basically say, oh, you can spend $30 million as a fan base to buy a championship. It's just a really... Slimy. It's just, of course, it's slimy, and it's just a really... Like, it is kind of a disappointing time to see college sports go this way. And, and I always say, what's the biggest picture? If this is already... If this culture is taking over college and corrupting the game, what's it then going to go do to high school? Is it going to make these kids even more jealous and envious in high school? See, Are their I, parents going to be trying to boat race them to, to, to get money now? And See, i got a thought now on NIL that... Look, at, I'm telling you... A lot of these NIL deals are not going to work out for these guys shelling out the money. Mm -hmm. And, and uh, <laughs> we know it from high school to college, you know, half of these guys turn out to be bust. Of course. I, I'm not so sure that's going to temper itself down. And the portal, I'll, I'll tell you, now with quarterbacks, mm -hmm. uh, I mean, the portal is, is, is nuts with all these guys transferring. Cade McNamara's already transferred to Iowa from Michigan. Mm -hmm. You've got other quarterbacks that have... Uh, uh, going in the portal, uh, DJ Ui Angalale, if I pronounce that correct, from mm -hmm. Clemson, former five-star. Mm -hmm. Slovis, he's already been a quarterback at Southern Cal and Pitt. He's, no, it's uh, open free agency. Yeah, everywhere. he's transferring for the third time, the North Carolina State quarterback, the Wisconsin quarterback. You, you, you know, you know, Dad, just, and I'm sorry to cut you off, but like, what you just said is so true. Do you realize we have now created rosters that see more turnover in college way than more. the NFL. Oh, way more. Like, do you realize, like, you know, again, you, you have rosters like Colorado that could see 40, 50, 60 new players in the next two years. You have more turnover at the University of Colorado with 17 and 18-year-old oh. kids than you do at any NFL team now. Free agent, it's crazy. Free agency's on fire in college. <laughs> How about these stats? This is yesterday. Uh, guys that entered the, uh, the transfer portal, Colorado State and Louisiana Tech had the most with 15. But then we had Arkansas and, and, Ar uh, and some of the other teams, Arkansas and Oregon, 13. Bama had 11 in the, in the portal yesterday, A&M 10. There was a lot around that number. It's all, it is the wild, wild west right now. Mm -hmm. I, I don't see how it can get any crazier. There might be some rules that are going to have to be implemented at some point. And, and, and you know, we got a lot, a, a lot of time here in the next few weeks to talk about this. And we are not going to get into the 12-team mm -hmm. playoff today. But you asked me the question today. I got a feeling seven, eight years from now, with all of this NIL stuff and portal stuff, mm -hmm. and I know a lot of people are on board with the expanded playoffs. I'm not. Mm -hmm. But I think a lot of people, and, and by the way, if, if they could have gone eight and, and, and held it there, I, I, I could have accepted that. Mm -hmm. I think there's going to be a lot, of, a lot of people in six, seven, eight years are going to be saying, I wish it was the way it was going back to like 2020. You're, you're a thousand percent right. And, and, and you know, like finally for me, uh, you know, it, it's, it's taken a culture now where I'll bring up like a kid like Dante Moore who's going to Oregon. You know, in years past, that kid probably ends up playing for Michigan or Michigan State because that's probably where his heart, like again, you talk about where is the athlete and the young kid's heart really at? Well, a lot of these kids aren't following their heart right now because they're following opportunity and money. The money overrides And, and, and of course, the coaches are no different. So the whole thing's slimy and, you know, hey, you just, I guess, accept it and you just yeah. roll with the punches. All right. Any closing uh, comments? Nothing on my All part. All right. Go ahead. No, it's, you know, I, I, you know, it, it's uh, grateful as always to do this with you, and uh, 
Oh, really? Big, big Sunday again for the Lions. Big opportunity for Michigan uh, and uh, just a big opportunity overall right now, I, I think, for the for this state's football teams going forward. Yeah, really enjoyed it today. Good, mm -hmm. lively discussion. And the Lions continue their trek to the Super Bowl against the Minnesota Vikings this, uh, this Sunday. And we'll be back with another tune. Mm -hmm. Another one bites the dust, I'm sure, after the Lions pound the Vikings. Mm -hmm. Thank you for tuning in. We'll talk to you next time.